What's a few things we can learn out of the text of John 10, those first nine or 10 verses? Let's look at a few things real quickly, and then I'll unpack them more slowly. Amen, amen. Jesus' authority, truly, truly, I say to you. And then uh, there's only one way in, the one who comes through the door. The one who comes through the door. The one who does come through the door is the shepherd, poimane, okay? And then we're going to talk about the sheep, the sheep. And then we're going to talk about them hearing his voice and following him. Jesus' sheep follow him. They do not follow the voice of strangers. And we're going to look at that. Jesus' sheep follow him. I am. Think about the I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. He is the door of the sheep. He is the only way into the flock, the way to be saved. I am the door. If anyone through me, fronted for emphasis, through me, if anyone comes, they will be saved. Passive voice. So Sothesatai, they will be saved. Okay, let's unpack a few of these from the straight from the text of God's word and think about what they mean for our lives and be encouraged by it. Here we go. Uh, actually, amen, or truly, truly, actually, it's uh, the, the, the use of the double amen by John. Uh, and then there's the issue of the door, and I'm not going to give the infinitive or the lexical form, just the form as you find it in the text here. Uh, the door, there's the, the notion of the sheep, the probaton, the kleptase, you know, we get our word klepto uh, from a similar stem, a thief and a robber to uh, sheep. And then you have, of course, the poimane, uh, which is the shepherd. And then you have uh, the verb akue, to hear or listen. But not only that, you have akalutheo. We'll just give the lexical here. Akalutheo, to follow, to follow right? Uh, to obey. That is what sheep do in relation to their shepherd. Uh, they follow uh, their shepherd. At least that's how it was in the Middle Eastern, um, uh, near Middle Eastern scenario of, of shepherding uh, at the time. Uh, what other words here? Well, just covering, uh, building a little bit of a word cloud here uh, for us as we go along, okay? So, uh, the first text you uh, passage you find here in uh, verse 1, Amen, Amen. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one not coming uh, into, uh, the one not coming in by the door uh, of the fold uh, of, of the flock of sheep, but climbing up some other way, this one is a thief and a robber, okay? So the first words you see here, amen, 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 amen. This points up Jesus's authority, Jesus's authority. That's just the case. This is a notable, very important, truly I say to you. Now, John is fond of giving the double amen and the other, the synoptics, I think usually you're going to find it just once. And it's translated in your English, if you have the King James, verily, verily, uh, truly, listen Listen to what I'm about to tell you, right? And Jesus points out his authority so often in the Gospels, right? You have heard it said, but I say to you, right? That's comparing and contrasting the traditions of men, even and especially the religious traditions of men versus uh, Christ's own authority and versus the Scripture. 
And also when he gives that introductory formula, Jesus and Paul, it is written, that perfect tense form, gegraptai, it is written, it is written, or it stands written, right? When they quote the Old Testament, the Jesus and the apostles later, they're giving the Old Testament as the authority. This is God's own authority. It is written. Uh, the perfect tense there, it was written in times past, but there's still an ongoing uh, authority structure uh, with it, uh, ongoing results. So hence the perfect tense form, the perfect aspect there in the Greek, it is written, gegroptai. And so Jesus uh, uh, does this thing where he compares and contrasts, you have heard it said, but I say to you, it is written, uh, okay, and and uh, uh, he, he just, these are ways that Jesus contrasts the people of his day, so many of them following tradition instead of what does the scripture say? Basing their every spiritual move on their experience or tradition or just some sort of, you know, thinking, interpreting something on a whim or whimsical or whatever. And this goes a long way for us, actually, I think, um, to understand that even in current culture, most especially maybe in American Christianity, at least right now, the authority of Scripture, what does the Lord have to say about, what does the Lord have to say about things, right? We, we don't judge the truthfulness or, or uh, depth of something or the power of God on something or whether something was sent by God or not on experience. We base it on the truths of Scripture right? It is written. What is written about it in the text of Scripture? Uh, so uh, anyway, that might be an issue to encourage uh, some of you, but also um, uh, the one coming in through the door is a shepherd of the sheep. The one coming in through the door. Now, in, uh, now in that culture, so uh, through the door, okay? The gatekeeper would know the shepherd and would allow him in, okay? The gatekeeper would know the shepherd. The shepherd had the authority to come in and speak to his sheep. But people who come up some other way is a thief and a robber, right? They're not allowed in and should not be allowed in and should be warned against and guarded against. So again... To my previous point, uh, we need to be allowing the voice of our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be speaking in our hearts and lives and to judge experience and teaching and doctrine and how we live our lives before the Lord. But also, he comes in through the door, and so he's the shepherd, poimain. He is the shepherd. This, uh, this word is translated uh, in your English Bible variously as pastor or shepherd. Uh, now, in the context, like in the uh, Pauline letters, where he's referring to pastors of local churches, uh, your English editorial board for your favorite modern English Bible is probably going to have it pastor. And that's fine. Shepherd generally reserved for animals uh, and pastor for people, but they are totally interchangeable. Okay, pastor, shepherd. I refer to myself, uh, you know, uh, to the people I pastor at my local church. I refer to myself as a shepherd or a pastor, either one. But look, Jesus 
is the good shepherd. He's going to go on to say in verses 11 and 14, I think it is, I am the good shepherd. Jesus owns the church. Okay, so he gets to speak to his people. He gets to say, what is their authority? He gets to guard his church, to warn his church. He is the one who gave his church his word, you know, instructions for how to do church, for how to be an individual Christian. Jesus owns the church. He gave his life's blood for the church, for individual Christians, right? Uh, in Acts, uh, Acts 20, you see this notion. Uh, Jesus died a substitutionary death. He gave his all. No one cares about the church more than Jesus Christ. But also, uh, yet another level here is Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Colossians 1.18. The Pope is not the head of the church. Right? Some pastor's not the head of the church. Um, some political entity is not the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. Okay, and we need to remember that and remember the issue about authority uh, in the church and over Christians. The, 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 the Lord is, uh, gets to be our authority. He should, he should be, right? And so uh, you have that um, going on uh, there as well. From this word poimain, the one who comes through the doors, the one with the authority, he is the shepherd. And uh, flock and fold, I mean, there is, uh, you know, some commentators and so forth that will um, talk about, uh, some will talk about this whole issue of, well, the flock was Israel, the, Jew, the Jewish nation, ethnic Israel of the Old Testament. They're the flock. But when you come into the fold, that's the messianic fold, uh, referring to New Covenant age believers. And, you know, that's, there's probably certainly that's the case, probably something to that. Uh, I'm not so concerned about that right this moment. Um, I'm just looking at a few other things. Uh, but the one who comes through the door, right, through the door, thuras, the door, the throughway, the, uh, there's only one way into this messianic flock into the christian church there's only one way to become a member to become a member of god's family and it's through jesus christ jesus is going to mention this later right in john uh 14 verse 6 um i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except except through me and also in acts 4 12 the apostles picked up and preached this exact same thing. Acts 4.12, There's salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, uh, you know, and that's a whole issue of teaching or doctrine as well. But again, people are following the whims of culture, mainstream Christianity, or what MacArthur used to call Christianity light, uh, mainstream Christianity. We need to follow the biblical teachings for our soteriology and ecclesiology and and whatever else, right? Uh, the Bible needs to be our authority. There's only one way into Christ, uh, into um, salvation. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. Listen, men and women, uh, boys and girls, I'm giving you biblical truths uh, and in their context and so uh, this is what you've got um, and also here at um, at uh, Jesus says he is the door uh, down here in verse uh, 7 and 9 I am the door and um, 
Jesus says, I am the door. And so you see here uh, a sheep coat or sheep fold, how it was built, and there's uh, sheep in the pen. And one of the shepherds, uh, or the shepherd would sit in the door. Literally, he was the door. So he guards his sheep uh, and takes care of them. And so that's another part of the analogy uh, that Jesus is bringing out here. Uh, and amen, amen, verse 7. I say to you, I am the door. I myself, it is I and no other. And actually, uh, that's a comment from the text to be made here as well. He get, could have just said, Amy, I am uh, the door. Uh, but he says, ego Amy" for em emphasis here. It is I and no other who is the shepherd uh, or who is the door, the way in. Uh, I myself am the door. He says it again in verse 9. So 7 and 9. Uh, in 9, he repeats that issue. So you have that uh, going on as well. Okay. Uh, the next section, the end of verse 3 in John 10, um, uh, it says, uh, and uh, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Uh, Jesus knows the name of his sheep and leads them out. He, he cares for them, okay? He leads them to where he wants to go. The Lord leads, uh, the Lord leads, right? And uh, largely by scripture, by guy, uh, ways, uh, wage war by wise guidance and counsel, you know, godly counsel, and uh, perhaps by circumstances. But look, God, uh, Christ doesn't lead his people by, you know, a five-pointed uh, graph or a nine-pointed or 16-pointed graph somebody might draw out and try to figure out some secrets of the universe. He doesn't lead people by rocks you dig out of ground or crystals. Christ leads through his word primarily, through his word that he's given. That's how he leads them out. And he, he knows you by name if you belong to him, and he loves you and cares deeply uh, about you, okay? And when when he puts forth, when he puts forth all his own, um, when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them. In verse 4, um, I've, I've read a lot of Jim Elliott's writings, uh, years ago, uh, and, uh, the missionary martyr in South America, he and the other four, uh, uh, missionaries were speared to death right on the Amazon river. And, uh, at any rate in his journals, like the day before a day or two before Jim Elliott, uh, you know, flew over into, uh, this beachhead to meet these, uh, natives to try to share the gospel he he wrote uh from this verse john 10 4 that where jesus said when he puts forth all his own he goes ahead of them right so he said you know basically jesus christ is already there and you say well but those guys were killed all five of them and so was jesus right and that's the point uh, there's nothing we'll go through with that jesus doesn't already know he's already been there he already knows what we're going to go through with He's there. He provides consistent and continual grace to get us through it. He, he's with us. He indwells believers, right? I will never leave you nor, for, nor forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. And so, um, uh, interesting note there. And then you have this uh, issue. Um, okay, this verse here is actually conflating uh, verse three, uh, verses 3 and 4. 
and uh, it's this issue, the sheep, the sheep uh, hear his voice, phone A, phone A, right? Phonograph or whatever, uh, voice. We hear the voice of the shepherd, the Lord Jesus, and his sheep follow, his sheep follow. Again, John 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And Jesus is making huge contrast between uh, the religionist to whom he's uh, having this conversation with and those who truly follow him. And the same holds true for today. There's a contrast in this world. There are those who are religionists, maybe even, even really if it's some sort of secularism or you're a nun or whatever, N-O-N-E, right? Um you know, you have a, or a humanist, you, you basically have a religion of humanism, uh, probably if you don't hold to some organized religion or a cult, you're probably a humanist at heart, secularist, whatever. Um, but Jesus is contrasting that to those who hear his voice. His sheep hear his voice, right? Uh, they're not interested in hearing so many uh, and, and feeding uh, at the wrong table, uh, so much. Uh, so we want to be careful about that, that we're following the voice of the Good Shepherd. Christ followers listen to him and follow him. His own, ta'idiya, his own, uh, when he puts them out, he goes before them. And the sheep follow the sheep of him, they follow. The sheep follow because they know his voice. Christ's sheep follow him. Down in verse uh, 27, um, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus' sheep follow him. They're not prone to following other uh, things um, or other voices or they shouldn't be following other uh, voices. Uh, and here, I, I suppose some of my emphasis is to encourage you, if you belong to Jesus Christ, that you follow his word. But to follow his word, you've got to uh, know it and be in it and studying it and listening to it and so forth. A problem with uh, the people that Jesus is talking to is um, <clears throat> they listen to the voice of strangers. And you see here actually on the screen that um, uh, another, or a stranger, technically, they will not follow. may they will not follow, but will flee. Okay, a couple things here. Strangers, strange doctrine. The apostle um, uh, Paul is going to mention in the pastoral letters, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, you know, about strange doctrine, doctrine that's just not scriptural. And so, you know, we need to be uh, concerned about that. Be concerned that we're following doctrine that's scriptural, the teachings of, uh, the clear teachings of the Bible. And God's word is clear, by the way, on all the major things that we need to know about. It does have a tremendous perspicuity, actually. Um, but others, they will not follow, Right? But others they will not follow. A stranger they will not follow. Now, 
the people to whom Jesus was talking here, as John Phillips in his commentary uh, mentioned, uh, they had substituted tradition for truth. They had substituted the Talmud for the Torah, and they had substituted the oral law for the written law. And that's uh, always a huge, huge danger and a huge uh, no-no. And so that's a good warning uh, there, actually, for us to be concerned about. And actually, this word other is uh, fronted here for emphasis in verse 5. Uh, others they will not follow. A stranger they will not follow. Okay, that's placed first for emphasis. Uh, again, to warn us, I suppose, to be careful that... Uh, to be careful that we're following our shepherd. And then you see um, uh, a, a contrastive here, actually. A contrastive Allah, but they will flee. Now, uh, the stem here, uh, fugue, uh, you might recognize an English uh, cognate or a transliteration, a fugitive. They will run from... Uh, a stranger and one who comes with a voice and a teaching that is not biblical, they will flee uh, from him. So, again, we need to be careful about that, about who we're following. Okay? Okay. And um, this figure's speech, Jesus said to them, but they did not know uh, what it was he uh, uh, was saying to them. Elale. Now, there's a uh, that word, uh, verb to speak was back in our very first, uh, verse, lego, I say to you, and now a, a verb for, uh, uh, Jesus speaking again, uh, la leo, elale, he's speaking to them. He, he is giving them these truths for any, you know, the crowd that's standing around that might be, uh, trying to listen or who, who can hear his truths. And then also uh, for the benefit of those who are, who are there who are not his sheep, that they understand, you know, there's a contrast here. There is a difference. And then he says, um, amen, amen, truly, truly, I say to you uh, that I am the door of the sheep, uh, right? All who came before me are thieves and robbers, uh, but the sheep did not uh, hear them. I am the door. Uh, if anyone through me, through me, there's an emphasis there, through me, if anyone goes in, he will be saved. Okay, so uh, again, I am the door. Jesus is uh, the good shepherd. Jesus is the only way. I am the door. Only way to salvation, men and women. Jesus Christ of the New Testament is the only way to salvation. Okay? Repentance and faith in his death, burial, and resurrection on your behalf. That is the gospel in a very small nutshell. Uh, anyway, uh, then you have, um, look, ego a me, okay? I am. I myself am. Now, you have these I am statements we could spend time on. I won't spend hardly any time here, but in John's gospel, you have seven or eight I am statements, Right? I am uh, the door, I am the resurrection and life, I am the bread of life, I am the good shepherd, uh, I am the living water, and the absolute I am, John 8, 58, before Abraham was born, I am currently exist, right? De uh, demonstrating his uh, 
demonstrating his pre-existence, which, which John uh, leans on that notion uh, heavily in, in his very first chapter in his gospel. Uh, but then you have, through me, this is emphasized, through me, if anyone enters, he will be saved. Again, 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 uh, again, it's this issue of Jesus is the only way. Uh, he will be saved. Now, he uses a verb, uh, one of the primary verbs for uh, salvation, uh, and it means really to, to deliver, to rescue, uh, depending on the context as to whether it um, is in a physical deliverance or, uh, or um, spiritual soul salvation. He will be saved. Now, this is a future passive. There's my tense formative. This is passive voice. Please understand that, actually. And, and yet another theological note here that I'm just going to kind of run on by it, but the action in a passive voice, the back to ninth grade English grammar, right? The action is done to the subject, right? You come to Christ on his terms. You will be saved. You don't save yourself. It's done to you. You will be saved. He will save you out of the fold you're in and bring you into his flock. He'll save you out of the sin you're in and bring you into redemption and creating you a clean heart and uh, make you a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? He will be saved. In fact, the next three verbs in here are future tense as well. Uh, this is verse uh, 9. Uh, he will uh, go in and out. Go in and go out and find pasture. Future tense. Four verbs there, actually. Uh, but you come through Christ. You come to Jesus as your shepherd, as your Savior. You will be saved. That's his promise, okay? And uh, finally, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, the shepherd, the good one. He is the good shepherd. Um, Hebrews 13, uh, Hebrews 13, uh, uh, at the end of Hebrews 13, he's the great shepherd. God brought up from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. First Peter 5, he's the chief shepherd. Jesus is the shepherd, and he takes care of his own, okay? And finally, so let me just reemphasize and maybe introduce some new uh, lessons. Let's think about the following. Who or what is your authority? That's in a point we learn from Amen, Amen. Um, Jesus himself affirmed the following. Spiritual imposters exist. We all need to be warned and um, uh, reminded. We need to be warned and reminded of, of that periodically. Jesus is the good shepherd. He guards, uh, he guides, he gives, right? Gives his life. He gives us to what uh, gives us what we need. Uh, he feeds us with his uh, word. Um, gives us a forever family to be in, right? There's only one way into his fold. Only one way. Only one way. But once you become one of his sheep, you listen to him. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. Indicative mood verbs stating a fact, just making a statement. Jesus' sheep follow him. His sheep follow him. Okay, He protects his sheep. He's already been there. That was back in verse 4. He puts forth all his own. He goes before them. That really long preposition there um, in Prostan. 
to listen is to obey. To listen is to obey. Akuo, akalutheo, to follow the shepherd. We obey, we hear his voice, and we follow. Jesus is the only Savior. Now, that's saying the same thing, I suppose, as number five, but he is the only Savior. Jesus is the only way. He is the good shepherd, and a good shepherd uh, indeed is what he is. I hope this lesson from John 10 has been a blessing and encouragement, maybe a challenge to you. Uh, if it has been or you think it will be for someone else, please uh, subscribe in the link below and pass it on. Share it with somebody on your social media or pass it along to someone who may benefit from it. Okay? All right. Be blessed. This is the Bible Professor.